0: Mark 10, um, verses 17 through 45. When I volunteered to uh, do the scriptural readings, I didn't know I'd be asked to read a whole chapter. (laughs) So it's pretty lengthy, but here it goes. Mark 10, 17 through 45. And as he was setting out on his journey, a man ran up and knelt before him and asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit, external, in, inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. You know all the commandments. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Do not defraud. Honor your mo- father and mother. And he said to him, Teacher, all these things I have kept since my youth. And Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said to him, You lack one thing. Go. It is easier for a camel to go through the camel to go through the eye of a needle than for the rich person to enter the kingdom of God. And they were exceedingly astonished, and they said to him, "Then who can be saved?" Jesus looked at them and said, "With man it is impossible, but with God, for all, but not with God, for all things are possible with God." P- Peter began to say to him, "See, we have left everything and followed you." Jesus said. And they were on the road, going to Jerusalem, and Jesus was walking ahead of them. And they were amazed, and those who followed were afraid. And, and taking the twelve again, he began to tell them what was to happen to him, saying, See, we are going to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will be delivered over to the chief priests and scribes. They will condemn him to death, and deliver him over to the Gentiles. And they will mock him, and spit on him, and flog him, and kill him. And after three days, he will rise again. And Jesus said to them, The cup that I drink you will drink, and with the baptism with which I am baptized, you will be baptized. But to sit at my right hand or to be or at my left is not mine to grant, but it is for those but it is for those whom it has been prepared. And when the ten heard it, they began to be indignant at James and John. And Jesus called them and said to them, You know. That those who are considered rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great ones exercise authority over them. But it shall not be so among you. But whoever would be great among you must be your servant, and whomever would be first among you must be the slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as ransom for many."
1: Can we just pray? Well, I'd like to pray. We walk through this world. um, There's a lot of clutter in our hearts, in our minds, Lord. The clutter of seeking and depending upon wealth and riches and security in this very insecure world. And there's a clutter of always being fearful that we'll end up last. We'll end up without a seat. And such, we always seek the better seats. And so, Lord, um, these are the clutters that we have. But I pray today, today, the day we remember, we celebrate that we live in the shadow of your victory, that you have conquered sin and death and guilt and shame and all our self-righteousness and all our lies, Lord, Lord, you have conquered so that a new world, a new heavens and a new earth, your righteousness, your glory, your beauty, which came through your servanthood, your greatness, which was expressed through your servanthood on a cross, which will be the ultimate kind of life, the real life, the true life, which will reign forever. We pray that today, through my babbling lips, through this, this, this food, this heavenly food that we get to eat from your supper, that it would cut through all this clutter, the clutter of money and of status and of possessions, and everything that we seek so that we would be served instead of letting you serve us and us go out and serve one another. We pray, Lord, you be exalted, you'd be magnified, we would see you, believe you, trust you, and give ourselves to you today in Jesus' name. Amen. Very big passage, and of course there's no way I can um, do justice to it all. Let me just Let's start off this way. The reason I want you to read the whole passage on this Easter Sunday, hear the whole passage, is because I want you to see that right smack in the middle. I don't know if you really caught this, right? Jesus starts off. He meets a young man. A young man asks a very important question. How do I get the life that's eternal? How do I get that? And then Jesus goes, well, you know, you know the commandments. And then he chops through all the stuff in which everybody, we generally know, this is how we ought to treat one another. He goes, oh, done all that. And then it says something very remarkable there. Jesus loved him and then told him something that you or I would never, ever want God to say to you right? and me, which is, take all the stuff you have and why don't you give it away to the poor. Anyone ever want to hear that from the Lord Jesus? I want to have a conversation with Jesus and he goes, hey, why don't you go do that? Hmm? That's the first first story. And it's a story that maybe a number of you know. It makes you squirm. If it doesn't make you squirm, you're really weird, okay? Um, It makes me squirm that's the first story and then in the latter portion there's another story there's another story about two of Jesus' closest disciples and they ask him for something very remarkable when you are really glorified in your kingdom let's give us the two best seats will you (laughs) can we get the two top best seats that's what that's that's what's in between but in between these two stories is Jesus telling them I am going to the cross this is what I wanted you to see today. And we're going to talk about this in three parts. I'm going to talk about the first story, in part one. And I'm going to call it, What Owns You? That's the question I want to ask for part one. What owns you? In part two, I'm going to ask, talk about the story on the, on the latter portion. And I'm going to put it this way, musical chairs. The world of musical chairs. And then... But really, sandwiched in between what I would consider the two great lies, two of the great lies and distractions of the world, is the pronouncement of the gospel, which I'm going to call the pathway to real life. Okay? So you guys catching this big old passage? Um, Let's just talk a little bit about what owns you. Um, Look, this guy came to Jesus. I hope many of you ask this question. There's a lot of people today who do not ask this question. They assume that there's, there's nobody who really knows if there's such a thing as eternal life. The Bible's very clear that if you don't care about eternal life, you don't even really understand life. You're just dying, really. And many of you are very young, okay? Uh, I'm, and I know I, I still look really very studly and young, okay? That's what the, the, the older folks out there in the Korean myths they keep looking at me, So say, you're so young. I know. <laughs> That's what I say to them, okay? I know if you are very young, and you think, I've got a long life to live. But actually, you, you, what, your life is, is just a breath compared to real life. And if the life that you're thinking about living is, you know, who, who's going to be my girlfriend next year? What college are am going to go to? And how much money i am going to make in my 20s? And how big is my house going to be? And, and what am I going to drive when I'm 25 and 35 and 45? If these are the questions that are on your mind, then let me tell you, you're just dying. You're just dying. You haven't even asked the right question. This guy, at least he asked the right question. Jesus answered, asked him, his answer to him, almost all of us would consider an awful answer. It's not an answer anyone wants to hear. Take your stuff, give it away to the poor, follow me, you'll have life. Um, and I want to ask you this way. I am want to place it to you. He loved him, and he said this. And the way I want to raise this question is, what owns you? Do you own your money? Do you own your possessions? Or do they own you? I think it's a very important question. Because if they own you, guess what? You're dying. You are not on the pathway to eternal life. You don't get it. But, If you own it, then guess what you can do? You can get rid of it. You could lose it. You can give it. You can use it for a greater purpose than your own comfort, than how it serves you, how it gives you a sense of security, how it gives you comfort, how it gives you pleasures. Because there's more. There's more. And I know this is a really big subject and, and I, you know, really, um, I mean, but I'm going to just try to do really, I'm going to just chop you three quick examples and I'll try to be quick, all right? Just number one, let's just talk about something uh, very relevant today, particularly, um, many of you guys have one of these? Is that one of these? I know you have some, some of you have an inferior version called the Android, okay? <laughs> some of you guys don't really know what the better version is, okay, but um, same difference, okay? Okay. Um, uh, one of these, let me ask you this question. When I first got one, um, a friend of mine asked me, Do you like it? And I had been using it for about a month. And of course, it was just so snazzy. And it's like the, it was like the coolest device I ever had in my hand when I first got it. I mean, and it was like the inferior version, it was the, it was the 3GS. You know, this is the better one, okay? And some of you have an even better one.
0: Hmm?
1: But do you understand how much this controls your life? I liked it, but I told my friend, I'm not sure if I fully like it because I'm not sure if I own it or it owns me. Many of you, I want you to ask this question. This is just symbolic of today. The world comes to this sucker. (laughs) Promises, money, entertainment. I mean, literally, you could talk to your girlfriend through this thing. (laughs) Some of you think, I'm going to find a girlfriend through this thing. <laughs> and some of you are going like, okay, well, I don't have a girlfriend, so let me go find a naked girl who I wish was my girlfriend. And so your dreams come to this thing. Do you own it? Does it own you? If Jesus said, why don't you drop this and use a dumb phone for a year, would you say yes? Yes. Um, would you? It'd be hard. I mean, like, mm, Jesus, do I have to? <laughs> really? Do I have to? Let me give you a second um, example. I I have a friend who it was a, it was a weird friend, and r- the reason I say it's a weird friend is I've only like hung out with this guy like, three times, mm-hmm. and um, and I would consider him a friend. I think if you talked to him, he would say, "Yeah, that guy Susan's my friend," even though we've literally only like talked three times. Um, a number, when we were living on the East Coast, I got into a car accident, um, and then I needed to get another car, and I liked the Subaru, so I met this guy who was selling a Subaru, and, and he was selling this deal through one of the websites. It was a deal that was just too good to believe. It was one of those, if it's too good to believe... Um, basically, here's, the way, here's a rule of thumb when it comes to used cars. If it's too good to believe... Don't believe it. <laughs> okay. and, but I said, yeah, it's just whatever. I'm poor. I'm a PhD student. Let's just see if it's real or if it's a lie. So I give this guy a call up. And, um, and he just he doesn't talk like a normal guy. And I'm going, so, so first I just straight ask him, so is this for real? And he starts laughing. And he goes, well, yeah, I, I sell used cars. And he goes into this whole story about how he... Goes to auctions, buys Subarus, he only does Subarus, and sells them for a really low profit, and he tries to make his money on selling as many as he can. And then he, said, he asked me, What do I do? And I said, oh, I'm, I'm a PhD student at Westminster Seminary. He goes, Oh, I'm a Christian. <laughs> the guy's name's Brian. And, I started, and then we struck up this conversation. This guy knows the car. He knows Subarus particularly. He knows it inside. He told me, "You could show me a bolt off this car, and I'll tell you where it belongs." That's how good he is with the car. And um, he's a real smart guy. And he started a business where all he does is Subarus. This is what he does. Okay, so he kind of figured out how to get Subarus cheap, and then sell them for a little bit more. And he could he could sell it for. He can make, and, he, and his general goal, this is really interesting. His general goal is to make $500 per car. Okay. He could easily, and I don't know if you know this, this is just one of these weird, there's all these little quirks in, in, in the market out there about the way we buy and sell things. Okay. So, this guy, is, think of this guy as like a super Craigslist guy, and he's kind of coring the market on something. If you could figure out how to get something that every, a lot of people want, let's say like an iPhone, and you can get it for cheap, but you can sell it for a little bit more, and you can sell lots of them. You know what? You know how much money you can make—a killing. Okay. But that's what this guy basically did. He figured this out. And I don't, many of you guys aren't interested in Subarus, but if you live in a cold weather place, a Subaru would actually be a very, very interesting car to you. Okay. Lots of people like to drive this car. Okay. On the East Coast, so this guy just sells tons of these things. And and then I asked him well, why do you sell them for so cheap? Because, I mean, really, he is so undercutting the market. He probably has this conversation regularly. Is this for real? Is this for real? Are you lying to me? you lying to me? <laughs> he goes, I know. He's like, you know, how do you know when a used car salesman is, is lying? Well, his lips are moving. <laughs> you know, that's what he said to me. <laughs> and I said, okay. Um, he goes, but, no, this is for real. And it's, it's quite for real. And... Um, and sold me a car, Here's what he said. He said, I could sell the car for more and make more money, but then what people would do is if it broke down even a little bit, then they would be angry, and then I'd just spend a lot of my time dealing with their anger. But if I sell them the car for this much profit, then they can't get mad <laughs> if it's not a perfect car. <laughs> and if I sell enough of them, I'll easily feed my family, and then some, quite frankly. And you know where he... Saw, he didn't sell them to Joe Blows like, like me. He sells them to like dealers. He has like a whole network of dealers all throughout the East Coast, and he delivers these cars. Through, I mean, that's how he makes money. It's crazy. Okay. And the reason I'm telling this to you is because you know what he does in his, sp- in his uh, spare time? He goes... Oh, cause he, so he'll start telling me about what he likes. He goes, I'm an elder at my church. This is what I really like to do lately is... I am the chaplain at my local jail. <laughs> this is what I like to do with my time. And the money that I make, there's lots of guys that are down and out. They got caught for drugs. Some did some really evil, nasty stuff. And so he says, I just kind of got uh, plugged into this. A guy from the local jailhouse called me up. I went down. He said, said we, you know, we need someone. Would you want to like, give a word from the Lord? And he went down there. He had never done this before. Stood up, said the gospel, and after it was over, ten guys ran up to the front and got down on his knees, and he said, Oh my gosh, that was crazy. <laughs> and he said, and he goes, This is the funnest thing I do in my life. He could spend his time making a killing, making lots and lots of money. He chooses to make less money, and even the money he makes, serving pretty broken. People, most of them are men, out of prisons. Many of them who come to Jesus because he shares the gospel with them. Hmm? A guy named Brian, beautiful brother. All right, um, I wish I could spend more than a couple of times with him. One more example. Um, our brother Dope prayed for them. This passage. It's very easy to think this is a very weird passage from the first century. It is not. It's Incredibly relevant, there are people all around the world. we live in We live in kind of a, one of the hot cities of the world and this is a, you know a number of you who, if you if you hear me preach, I, I say this to you, but this is an, it's, it's, there's a reason why it 's so expensive here. The weather here is just so almost perfect today is I think the weather's going to be sunny seventy eight degrees. <laughs> You know, I, there's, every now and then I get this little mean streak in me. I see that on the Weather Channel, on my little app, on this little device that owns me, <laughs> and I don't own it. And I go, take a look at it, and I just want to just send a text to one of my friends on the East Coast and say, ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> and they go, you suck. I hate you. Right? And um, especially I like do that in the middle of the winter, you know, just every now and then. I'm just like that, okay? Um, But that's the kind of city we live in. And, you know, it's got the good food. I don't know what you're going to eat this afternoon, but there's so many choices. But it's very real. All around the world, there are people who come to Jesus. They have a choice, they don't have an easy choice like iPhone or Jesus. That's, that's, that's like a pretty easy choice, quite frankly. That is easy. That's like, a, uh, that's like less than kindergarten type of decision while following Jesus, quite frankly, to be honest with you. I'm not trying to put anybody down. That's just honest. But one of the, the folks that we support in our church are there are a couple who are in Turkey and they became Christians. And they have a very serious choice every day (laughs) will it be our possessions will it be eternal life through Jesus Christ Um, the wife is named Guzine Guzine when she became a Christian she told her dad her dad looked at her and said if you don't give that up I kick you out of my house and you will not be my daughter very real you know what she said I choose Jesus you know what happened he kicked her out of his house and said, "You are not my daughter." She met him, got married. He met her husband. They, he was Christian. Guess what? After he became a Christian, same thing happened to him. His father disowned him too. It's very, very real. And so, brothers and sisters, I just want one of the things I want to say to you here, when we live in San Jose, please. San Jose is not the real world. This question that the scriptures place before you this is the real world who you are before god is your life and eternal life so one tremendously huge set of lies and distractions are will do you own your possessions or will they own you will they be your life Will they be your security will they be your hope will they be your life or will God be your life what God offers you will they be your life and your relationship to your possessions you are telling everybody every day including yourself what's your life this is part one what owns you do you own it or does it own you let me talk about this uh, this other portion here Uh, musical chairs part two James and John, um, what they're asking is extraordinary. Um, if you go through, if you've been going through this, well, been walking with us through this series, and I know a number of you have it, and you know all the youth guys. This is actually part three of a series that we're calling the Servant King. And two weeks ago, in um, well, let me just back up here. Today, what I'm preaching is the third pronouncement in the middle of Gospel Mark. Where Jesus tells his disciples very clearly, here's what's going to happen. We're going to go to Jerusalem. That's what's going to happen to me. And then I'm only going to just die. I'm going to die the most horrific, awful death ever, ever, ever. They go, oh. they listen to this thing and go, mm. <laughs> and, then, and then they don't get it. Two weeks ago, I preached on the first pronouncement. You know what it was about? It was about, you can gain the whole world, but if you lose your soul, what good is that? It was about money. So, it was about money, and then Jesus goes, I'm going to go to the cross. And then, last week, last week, it was a question, again, again, about what place you're going to be. They were, as they were, as Jesus told them about, I'm going to go to the cross, then as they're walking to the next city you know what they're talking about these disciples they're talking about who's the best among them you know what this passage is evidently jesus told the first time they didn't get it then jesus said it the second time well they're talking about who's who's the best and here we go it's the third time around what does jesus do he goes okay i'm going to give you a lesson about the money and the possessions and then, <laughs> here we go. Two of the disciples who are closest to Jesus, James and John, what do, they, what do they do? Jesus told them, it's in the very previous chapter, the first shall be last. The last shall be first. Be the servant of all. If you're going to be great, be the servant of all. And they're like, okay, Jesus, um, can, can we get this seat and that seat? Can we get the number one and number two? Can I get to be vice president? Vice president, secretary of state? Can I get to be COO, CFO? I mean, can we we be right there? Top, top dogs. And it's really interesting. Um, When the other guys find out that that was what they asked, you know what happens to them? They all get mad. Why do they get mad? Because that's what they want to. Or at least that's what they're hoping. We're all jockeying around for the chairs. I don't want to be left out. And this is this is this is life. I know that a number of you who come to our church week in and week out, and, it's, and you in you and the youth group too. I mean, uh, uh, you know, Frank—he's a pretty good Christ-centered preacher. You hear about Christ every week. You hear about the 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 hope that you have through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's what we proclaim here every week. But I'm not dumb. I know that as soon as you walk out the door, what's on your mind is my possessions, my money, I get more. <laughs> how do I want my security? What place do I have? Musical chairs. Let I me mean, I make sure I, I get the, the, the right seat at work. <laughs> the the right you know, when I'm hanging out with the dudes, I don't want to be one of the guys who are considered one of the bottom dudes. I want to be the one of the better girls. When I hang out with the girls, I want to be one of the prettier girls. I don't want to be one of the ones that everybody feels feel sorry for. <laughs> right? Isn't that what we do? That's our preoccupation. And yet, it's very pointed why the pronouncement of the cross is right there in the middle. It's to cut through the distraction and the clutter that blinds us. I just want to say something to you, um, the, some of the older high school guys, especially you juniors and seniors. Okay, um, I'm going to do you a favor today. just want to speak to you today. Um, a number of you, this is April, a number of you have just gone through this thing called college admissions. Okay. And it's, it's, it's a stressful time, isn't it? And some of you are sitting there, uh, I hope the girlfriend that I think is the hottest one will, 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 will say, come to me. <laughs> I know, it's a strange analogy. I called college's girlfriends, right? But like, you know, you 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 applied to be the boyfriend of several girls. <laughs> and one of them is the hottest. <laughs> and when she said no, that hurt, huh? My life is over. I did not get into the college of my choice. I wasn't hot enough for this girl. <laughs> I mean, I'm not, try- I'm not trying to make... I mean, I know I'm kind of making light of it. You're- I just want to say to you something. This little musical... You just played a game of musical chairs. Just do you a favor. Go talk to people who have survived <laughs> this little... Uh, this period of your life and go talk to them. Many of them will say, especially the ones who survived it, and just ask them... Well, was it, did it end your life? Was it the most important thing? And they'll probably say, nope. A lot of the ones that didn't get the girlfriend of their choice, they're probably thankful, actually. I talked about this on Friday, but there's a lot of, a, a lot of this. That's the world. There's a pathway to real life. This, 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 this if, as long as you're still stuck on the, the stuff and the money. And, and it's, it's so crazy. This thing, you have one of this? <laughs> I, I shared with um, those in the English ministry a while back that I had a conversation with a pastor f- friend of mine who is out in, um, you know, in Africa. And he saw this phone and he said, oh, that's a nice phone. I go, oh, it's, it's one of the older phones. He goes, oh, it's still a really nice phone. It's a, it's only a 4S, <laughs> and he's looking at it, and he, and he and I could tell for him that he thought it was special. You realize what it is? I, and I and I and I had this little moment of shame when this friend of mine, who was far poorer than me in terms of material wealth, he saw this thing as something wonderful, and I saw it as like I can't wait for the next one. <laughs> it's like it's already. <laughs> See how much it owns us? Just the next one, and the next one, the next one. And then the place you're going to have in the seat of it all. But Jesus says it again, and again, and again. The first shall be last. He asked them, the baptism with which I'm going to be baptized, can you, can you go through that? <laughs> Gosh, these guys go, Sure, Jesus. <laughs> sure. And they do. I don't know if you know this. Um, James, there's James and John. Of the 12, you know, it was the first one to die? James. <laughs> first one. 12, James, he bites it first. John didn't die, but he got sent in (laughs) exile. So he spent his old age kicked out of community. (laughs) That's it. He's like on an island by himself. I don't know if he was totally by himself, but away from everybody else. People pay. But see this thing? Jesus is saying, can you take this baptism? So you know what it is? It's an invitation to his death his resurrection to His cross, and for many of you and me, that's a scary invitation. You're like, hey. <laughs> because it's scary in so many ways. Because this world is still owning you, telling you this is this is the pathway to life, but actually, all they got is a pathway to a death. You're just breathing till you die. And you just hope that you'll end up on the good side of the cage. That's kind of what this is. But today is Easter. Easter always follows Good Friday. Good Friday is the cross. And this is what I want to share with you today. You know what Easter says? There's real life, real life on the other side of the cross. Eternal life. I say it in so many different ways. Life with a capital F. And, by the way, this life is not something that we just wait for to have after you die. There are many who have already known the secret to have it today. That's what Jesus says. There are those who will leave their houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecution. And in this age to come, right? but I'll give this to you. No one who has left this thing. Now, this age, you will taste of something. In this age. And that's the promise of the gospel. Easter is an invitation. It isn't just that Jesus rose from the dead, conquered sin and death for you and me. He's saying you can conquer sin and death through him. You don't have to wait till after you die and find out. Then we'll know for sure, for sure, sure, sure. But actually, a lot of you already know for sure. My friend Brian on the East Coast, he already knows. He said he, he said that he went through a period of his life. He did the money thing. He actually, he's actually a really smart guy. He went to an Ivy League college. He he tried the drugs. He tried the funky funky philosophies. He made the money. And now, he's just saying, I'd rather hang out with dudes in jail. Tell them about Jesus. That's what he does for fun. That's a guy who knows life with an L. And that could be yours. I don't know what you'll do. I don't know what you'll do. You'll do something stranger, wilder, with your money, with your time. And that's a life. We are living now in the shadow of the resurrection. Jesus rose, but there is a time when all who trust in Jesus Christ will be called to rise. All those who have died in Christ will rise in Christ. And there will be a new heaven and a new earth. And you know what everybody there will do? They will all serve, not seek to be served. And every now and then, in this world, there are all these people who are so, you know, I'm going to make the money so I can be served. I want to climb up into these places so I can be served. There'll be a set of people who will say, I'll take whatever position the Lord has given me and whatever money the Lord has given me, I'm going to live a life. And you're going to start tasting heavenly life today. And when we get to that place, the most glorious city when all the sins are forgiven, when all our sins have been drained away and Christ is all in all. This is what we're going to do. We're going to, the real riches is that we will serve each other and love each other from the heart. Nobody will care about being first because the first has become last and everybody will chase him. Isn't that a strange thing? When those who really get it will chase a servant king, we chase the last. And we'll love the least of these because he who is the greatest has loved us far low and far less. This is the promise of Easter. This is what the world is going to become. All those people who don't get it, they're just dying. But if you and I can get it, this what your head this is where the world's going. Just don't know it yet. So let's live the resurrection life, the eternal life today. And it looks like this. Servanthood, the first shall be the last, just like our King Jesus. Let me pray. Let's we'll go to the table of the Lord. It's um sometimes when I prepare, Lord, to preach and then even as I'm doing it, I can't believe I get to say it. I can't believe this is real. And sometimes, Lord, that worldly, doubting, prideful person in me goes, Is this real? It's it's even better. In being rich if all my neighbors and my friends and those who are desperately hurting and poor if those of us who have so much and who have status and power and wealth if there would actually be a world when people don't care about such things can you be such a king can you really be such a king? And are you? can you be so real? And yet you are. Let me just thank you on this day. On this day when, when a world is dying all around us, we can live. And even though they're telling us we're fools, and we'll, we'll cut corners, and we just got to get our own, and, you know, we just have to just have these so what if we have to be a little unethical here and there but Lord none of that is the real life and none of it's real because we have you and so now as we go to your table may we eat the real food of real eternal life may we eat of your servanthood and drink of what it means to be last to join you who is first we pray in Jesus name Dope. John Harp. I asked my wife to get a bigger piece of bread today. (laughs) Nice. Um, It's nice. I look forward to one of these days. We're going to eat this with Jesus. Eat this with Jesus. We're going to eat. We're going to eat of his humility. We're going to eat of his riches. That's what this is. It is a symbol, it's a down payment. And today you get to eat of Jesus' life, which is what's going to be real life. Before Jesus went to the cross, he broke bread. This is what life looks like today. It's broken. So he came into our broken life to be broken so he could make us whole. And he poured forth wine to a cup. Signified his blood. Many of you know that you can go out and you can use your willpower. Oh, I'm not going to care about money so much now. Oh, I'm going to be. try to be more humble now. They'll never wash you away from your pride and from your greed and your money idolatry. Something far more powerful and that is the blood, the most pure blood of the most holy king who is God himself, Jesus Christ. This is the gospel. Um, if, you, if you are not a person who already believes and has received Jesus Christ to be your Savior and been baptized, a number of you younger guys who haven't yet been uh, confirmed, let me just ask you, don't receive the elements yet today, not quite ready, but ask Jesus to be everything for you today. For all those of you who have uh, known this Jesus, even if you've known him very poorly, and you know that I am a person that loves my possessions and I think they own me, and I am a person that longs for status, I think it owns me, today I ask Jesus to serve you by being bigger than these things. Okay? All right.